Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Paniti, and I will be running solo. Hold on one sec. What? What's up? Uh, I didn't walk my Okay. Uh, I will be running solo this evening, Brother um, Paniti is actually in Thailand, so he will not be joining us this evening. He will be back uh, next week. So uh, to just go through the uh, preliminaries, uh, we'll get some highlights actually from his trip. He's actually visiting some um, temples and stuff out there. So uh, he will be taking some uh, photos and some film and uh, posting it on the, on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll hear from him when he gets back. <clears throat> and again, this should be sometime next week. All right, so to go through the preliminaries, if this is your first time uh, tuning into the show, if you stumbled across it by accident or if somebody told you about it, uh, it is an occult metaphysical, left-hand path, origin of ancient Egypt, black magic, African witchcraft, sorcery, etc. These are the topics that we discuss on the show. It's not a religious show. I just want to make that crystal clear. Uh, this is a show about uh, the path to self-mastery, um, so it's about just what it sounds, uh, you developing your own system, spiritual path, however that needs to be created to suit your needs, to bring out the divinity in you, the God or the goddess in you, whatever uh, term or title you need to get you through the night, that is the purpose of this path, uh, path of self-deification. Um, when we say deity, we don't mean deity in the sense of a religious monotheistic God. Unfortunately, some people are still mentally trapped in that way of thinking, and that's not what we're referring to. Um, what you put into this, obviously, just like anything, is what you get out of it. Um, the topics that we talk about on this show, we're talking again from experience, as we tell people week in and week out. Um, the various sacred orders, esoterical orders, spiritual traditions and cultural systems, we were a part of that or still are a part or active in some of these orders, such as the Rosicrucian Order, OTO, Freemasonry, the Shriners, Martinists. Uh, when we talk about the African spiritual tradition systems of Ifa, Apollo, etc., again, we're talking from an experienced perspective. And as we say week in and week out, not because we are saying that people need to become members or join or become part of the aforementioned, we just we recommend if you want to teach from an experience perspective, then it's something you might want to do. Because unfortunately nowadays with social media, various different social media platforms such as this one, uh, YouTube, Facebook, etc., everybody is what I call now a YouTube scholar. Uh, they just basically gather up information off of the Internet and come with conspiracy theories, and there's no validated experience 
or factual information to really validate their points. They're just perspectives. So we encourage people that are on this path not to teach just from a perspective. Uh, You should be teaching from an experience aspect on some level. Um, Now, again, unfortunately, you'll run into some people and who self-proclaim themselves masters of these spiritual systems and tell you that there's, there's no need to be initiated. It's not necessary. This and that. And there's a twofold to that. There's a yes and a no to that. Yes, they're right to an extent. No, they're wrong. Depending on how they are teaching information from that particular system. What do I mean by that? Real important to people to grasp this. If you're if you're gonna say make that claim and make that statement that it's not important for you to be let's say be in Apollo, um, because you obviously you have a lot of self-professed uh, you know gurus uh, on the internet claiming they're tatas and they can't even tell you where they got initiated or you know who consecrated their nagapod, who their lineage of their godparents are, et cetera. Then you should make that clear when you're teaching that you're not teaching from the traditional spiritual initiatic system of any of those traditions. Uh, So I don't have a problem with you saying you don't need to be initiated. What I do have a problem is that you don't mention that up front because it's important only in the sense because you have a lot of people using a lot of these spiritual systems to make money and get paid and present themselves as if they're some type of gurus, as if they're some type of uh, you know, have some type of thorough background in it. And the average person that's out there seeking doesn't really know any better, uh, unfortunately. Um, doesn't impress me when you have a Facebook page and an Internet page with testimonials. That's a bunch of bullshit. That can pretty much be manipulated. So I've had people, you know, go on, go on the web page and look at testimony. I've seen it. It's a bunch of bullshit. Um, Anybody can create a web page and, and, and throw up tests. That doesn't mean a damn thing. What I would suggest is you actually test that individual uh, and find out for yourself. Um, the two-edged sword. So anyway, not to, not to beat that too hard, but bottom line is if, the, if you're going to talk about certain, uh, you know, spiritual systems, at least have a background in it to some extent. And if you don't, that's fine but at least present as you're teaching that you basically did this on research. Because, again, you got people on the Internet, all these social media platforms speaking on topics and spiritual systems as if they really know what they're talking about and they actually don't. Um, and the ones that can detect that are the ones that have some level of experience. All right, so which brings us uh, to tonight's show. Again, um, first and foremost, before we begin, and just a couple quick announcements, and I'll repeat these a little bit later. Uh, some upcoming events uh, don't have set dates. We should have those set dates shortly within the next few days to a week. Um, first and foremost, we want to thank everybody that came out last weekend, those that did attend the uh, invocation of the Holy Death Ritual, and those that came to the class the following night. Uh, our next uh, ritual and event uh, will be in August, uh, preferably around the third or fourth week. Uh, again, I'll get a confirmed date uh, within the next week or so, but it'll definitely be um, at the end of August, third or fourth week in August. 
uh, it'll be a two-day event, as we usually do, a, a, a ritual on a Friday evening and then Saturday a class. Uh, so that'll be coming up in August. Uh, we will be doing drumming in a couple of weeks out on the beach. Uh, that's an event anybody's welcome to attend, whether you're local or not. That's an event for anybody, uh, family, friends. Um, we'll set a date for that uh, somewhere between the second and third week uh, uh, sometime in July. Again, um, majority of these dates will be squared away by, you know, within the next few days to a week. So those are the upcoming events. Uh, I will be doing a class, just a class in July, um, third, fourth week at uh, Sophia's Garden. Again, I'll get a date for that. So I'm just, just throwing it out there for right now just to, just to let people know because I know people ask when's the next date for the next events, et cetera. Uh, so we don't have a set date yet. Um, again, um, I see some people emailing about that. One is I couldn't attend the last, attend the last event. So if we get those dates, uh, we will go ahead and get that information out. Okay. So that's what we got upcoming. All right. So tonight's topic, which we're, we're going to go into other areas, not just the topic, areas that are related to it. I chose this topic. Uh, I'm not sure who has or who who have or who has not seen uh, the movie King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Um, it's brought to my attention by uh, a couple of people, and I didn't get a chance to get around to watch it. So I finally got a chance to get around to watching it a couple of days ago. Um, and if you have seen it, there's a lot of occult symbols in there and messages um, when you watch the movie um, in its entirety. Now, unfortunately, if you haven't watched the movie, uh, some of it's going to get ruined because we're going to talk about some of the scenes in there. Still, you still need to sit down, really watch it and study it. Now, first and, first and foremost, who is King Arthur? Let's start with that. Now, when you do your research on who King Arthur is, uh, it's, it's, it's a combination of some mythological stories and characters mixed in with an actual king of England. Uh, when you read the stories on King Arthur and King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, et cetera, um, you will see some fabricated stories from Celtic deities or the Celts, as some pronounce it. So as time went on, it appears that people added a mythological aspect um, to this legend of King Arthur. Now, as you know, King Arthur uh, fought off the Saxons uh, and, and was restoring, at that time, England to its so-called throne and purity, and, and that's how he became king. Now, the movie itself, so let's be crystal clear, uh, it's not all factual, so don't, don't get caught up in that. But what's unique about it, and Guy Ritchie, the producer, if people are familiar with uh, Guy Ritchie, he always taps into a lot of these type of subjects. There's a lot of sorcery, witchcraft, and high magic in the movie. Um, the characters, again, like when we broke down Dr. Strange, why this movie is unique, each character represents the archetype. So when you're watching a lot of these movies and you study this path, you have to be able to see the character types, as they call them, or as we say on this path, archetypes. Um, each one represents, actually, you can correlate it to yourself because it represents us at certain points on this path. You always can see when you watch these movies, you can see a part of yourself, whether it be now, currently in your life, in the past, or maybe somewhere where you're heading. These characters usually, you know, reflect something that represents us, uh, you know, a character trait, or where we are in this spiritual journey. 
And it's usually all of that is centered around the center character. But what's always fascinating in these movies are the so-called quote-unquote evil characters. Because usually when you really study these quote-unquote evil characters, they are usually the ones that embody and represent the truth. Um, so the key, the key enemy or, or character that King Arthur is battling, okay, he decides that he's going to basically give of everything he can to obtain power to the, to the very point that he would even sacrifice his own family members sons, daughters, etc. What's unique about this, they show it, and he has in his castle he lives, he has this, these, these demonic bands, quote-unquote, that live in the water, um, and he offers, when he sacrifices a family member, he offers, after the family member is killed, he, you know, dumps the body into the water and the blood of that individual gives power to that deity and in return he gains power and as he feeds this entity and becomes stronger he becomes this quote-unquote super demi type of god or deity it's actually really when you see how they drew this character up when he transforms into this character it's fucking it's amazing when you see it you can see it there's so much occult symbolism in the mask uh the face of the skull uh, you got to pay attention to the design, the symbols um, that they throw in front of you. Now, obviously, the sword, the legend of the sword, this is all about a specific individual being King Arthur. Only certain individuals can touch this sword because this sword gives you knowledge and, and again, a heightened sense of power, power beyond human comprehension. Now, this is which is a representation of most people on this path. Let me explain. Because you'll see in the beginning stages of the movie, King Arthur doesn't realize the potential he has. This is, this is in correlation to us. This is us when we start out on this path. They show you as he's a child growing up, uh, they got to pay attention to the beginning because they show you how he was a direct blood descendants of this royal lineage, uh, but his parents are killed. His father is killed by this the arch nemesis, that his enemy that he fights, uh, you know, throughout the movie and towards the end. Uh, and then he becomes kind of like an author and wander in the streets, kind of becomes like a street hustler. Um, what was unique about the movie, they took a lot, of, even though it was in a setting during medieval times, they used a lot of modern concepts and they were able to kind of apply it to them. That's what I thought was really unique. It wasn't really that, you know, very uh, stern, wishy-washy, for art thou, back then type of stuff. It was very modern, but yet they kept it in that time frame. And that's what I thought was unique about how the movie was filmed. So he grows up not really knowing who he is and doesn't really know his potential. And he doesn't think he's capable of facilitating the power in the sword because he picks it up one day and doesn't believe it's for him. Um, others around know, especially this uh, character, that's his arch nemesis, knows who he is and the power he possesses, but he doesn't. And again, this is in correlation to us. So he doubts his ability, doesn't really 
recognize who and what he is. And as he's attempting to understand the power of this sword, obviously not to get into every single nook and cranny and detail about it, he goes through a bunch of uh, different stumbling blocks. Uh, when Every time when the sword is touched, you have to also pay attention to when the sword lights up. There's a lot of uh, uh, occult symbols on the sword, um, different hieroglyphics. There's actually Celt symbols on there when you look real close. Um, so what's unique about this is it shows how this individual's potential is developed. And all the while, the obstacles that he's facing as his potential is developed. Now, there's a female character in this movie, which I thought was real unique. And they present this individual character as a black magician dressed in the black robe. Uh, she taps into high magic throughout the whole movie. She's basically controlling the elements. She's basically the individual that's put in his path to kind of be a guide, but not to do shit for him, but to kind of put him in the situations and the positions he needs to be in to bring out the divinity in. Uh, they have this place, which I thought was unique, and we talk about going into the dark abyss of your subconscious mind. Uh, can't remember the brother's name, the brother that played in Amistad. You see him in a bunch of movies. He seems to play in a lot of these occult movies. Uh, they kind of work in conjunction. So you have the masculine and the feminine presence. He's also a magician who has the ability to tap in high science. So you've got the male representation and the female representation. So you need both of those energies to kind of tap into what you need to tap into to get to, 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 get to that potential. So they have this place, and this is, this is symbolic of initiation. This, this, they call it the dark place, where all of these trials and tribulations one has to go through, all types of physical tests. Uh, there's all types of creatures and insects that you name it. Pretty much any bizarre thing you can think of, and it's a place, now pay attention to the symbolicism in this, it's a place to test every will, every, every willpower that you have, uh, it's, it's a place designed to bring you to the lowest of your low to see how you can overcome it. Um, so they come to the agreements. Now, the brother doesn't agree that he's ready to go there, but the female does. So the reason why they send them to this dark place to go through these trials and tribulations, now pay attention to this because this is the most important thing, is because he keeps doubting himself, he keeps, feeling like that. He doesn't have the potential. Does this sound familiar? This is people, same thing with people on this path. So they feel the only way to bring that out on him, they just got to throw him into the darkness, throw him into the abyss, and let him work it out himself. So let me back up and say that shit again. We say this every week on this show. The only way you're going to tap into your potential, the only way you're going to start that change and transition within yourself, now we'll use the terms address your bullshit, Tap into the inner depths of your subconscious mind. These are just all different terms relating to the same thing. You have to go, quote-unquote, to that dark place and, and address those things because you can't work any of this. And, and here's, the, here's the thing. The power of the sword is ineffective if, first and foremost, you haven't raised yourself up to the realization to who and what you are. It's the same thing on this path. You can perform a million rituals, as we've said before. You can light candles and do all the all the spells and rituals and, and all all you want but if you're not right mentally if you're not right emotionally and spiritually and physically to an extent it's not going to work 
Because how are you going to facilitate a ritual when the person facilitating the ritual is fucked up? So when you're watching this movie, it's showing, it's showing you that the only thing that's blocking him reaching his potential is himself. So he has to be put into a place where he can address every weakness, every fear, uh, anything imaginable that you can think of and be tested with that. Well, this is what you must go through on this path, too, on a varying different level of degrees. This is not, again, you're not going to You just wake up one day, start reading about this path, and say, I'm going to cult this, and magically all your problems are just, they're going to be healed, and, and, and everything's just going to start working out for you, and you're just going to do a few rituals, and now that's it. You're, you know, every, you're, your problem's solved. No, I mean, I'm here to tell you, just like, again, the movie also shows, you're going to find out when you first come on this path, I told you, the beginning or the first stages of this path, and that could be several months, sometimes it lasts, it could be a year, is the hardest period to get through. It becomes tougher. It doesn't become easier. The reason why it becomes tougher, once you make that initiative and once you take that initiative to make that change in your life, things become more complicated. Let me give you an example. When you start to correct and fix things about yourself, you ever notice that fucked up shit starts to happen? People you ain't seen in a while start calling and coming around. I mean, just people drop out of nowhere out of the blue that you ain't seen in a minute. And 90% of the time, it's not the right people you want to see or deal with. Uh, money shit starts happening on a different level. Uh, you know, Issues in the home or, uh, you know, around family, friends, that, that can get altered. Um, the list goes on and on. So it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. It becomes more complex. Because what tends to happen, what you don't realize is when you take the initiative to come on this path, a whole bunch of different type of energy starts to come at you all at once. And how people facilitate that energy is going to vary. Some people take it as too much pressure stress and stress and difficulty and they give up and they go back to doing the same bullshit they were doing or they think it was such a negative experience and they thought what created their problem was them taking the initiative to come on this path they thought that was the origin of their problem as i've mentioned to you before in the past i've seen some people get so scared they go right back into being a christian or being whatever the fuck it was they were prior to quote unquote taking this journey on this occult path on this left-hand path on on this um add that path of a black magician. Uh, so they usually get to a crossroad or a point where something frightens them or something, they, they come across something that becomes too complex or too difficult. So it just, it varies. Okay. Then you have the other people that go through the different points and they deal with it a little bit different. Uh, they're able to get through some of them hardships. They're able to get through um, some of them issues. Um, and not all of it's pleasant, but they find a way to work through it. And once you get through that point, it becomes 100% easier. But the challenge is, again, getting past that point. And, again, I'm telling you this. It's, it's, it's simple talking about it. It's, it's totally different going through it and experiencing it. And, again, it's going to vary from individual to individual. It's not going to be the same uh, for everybody. Um, so those are things to take into account when you're watching um, and looking at the movie. 
Okay, take those things into account. Um, as you see the the scene when they go to the dark place, as they call it, where you see the character called King Arthur go through um, various different tests and trials and tribulations, and believe me, he goes through it. Um, and then look at the symbolicism of the ma- the male and female magicians that are guiding him through it. Um, so pay close attention to that because you're going to see a lot of symbols in there. Now, what's unique about it is once he goes through that, obviously, relate, you can relate this to yourself, you start to see the confidence slowly but surely build up, okay? Slowly but surely, um, he starts to come into the realization of who and what he is. And then the attitude starts to change. The personality starts to change. Well, it's the same thing on this path. Okay, you'll get people that will come in. This, this is my favorite. People that will come in. And have been in for a short period of time and get frustrated because they're not getting no results. And that baffles me because, again, that's a bringing an awareness to you that there's something wrong with you. Okay? And we keep telling people that week in and week out. That's why it's important to go back. And when you, when you come on this path, take an inventory of yourself. We keep telling people that. You can't just start working different things and you have not addressed things that need to be corrected about yourself. That's the whole point. Most people don't do that. Trust me when I tell you that. And then you find out that they're running into difficulties. You find out that they're running into problems. You find out they're not successful at doing things. Um, And they're, they're baffled by this, which that amazes me. That's just incredible. But never once in all of that process do they ever hold themselves responsible or accountable in any, any shape, form, or fashion. And that's even more disturbing to me. So let me back up. As I said in the beginning of the show, this is a path of what? Self-mastery. This is a path where you take responsibility for your successes and your failures. This is a path where you don't blame anybody for your failures. You don't blame anybody for anything that happens to you, you take sole responsibility for yourself. People miss that shit. There's a reason why we say that in the beginning of the show, week in and week out. Those key basic points are, are things that people overlook. And that's very important because you can't bypass the basics and, and think you're going to just get to a certain level and think that everything is going to work out for you. That's not how this works. Because think about this for a minute. If you approached it on that level, think about this for a minute. How is that different from a religious person thinking that they're going to be saved and once they accepted the fact that they're saved, they think everything in their life is going to be perfect. But as soon as something traumatic happens, something bad happens, a death or or, or really devastating circumstances, then some of them even turn on their own God. And, and, And now they have a problem because the problem is because they externally put their trust and faith into something that's not real and that exists outside of themselves. Now, all of a sudden, they're not the ones responsible. It's something else. This, this has nothing to do with them. Well, you can't approach this path the same way. This is not how it works. That's not, that's not how it's done. But as I said before, 
subconsciously, most people ain't aware of it, they approach it the same way. They still come into it with that religious mindset and think they don't have it because they're not conscious of it. So they still approach it on that level. Now, as you get later on down uh, into the movie, and again, if you have not seen it, I definitely recommend that you watch it. And watch it closely because it's one of those movies uh, that you don't really want to walk away and miss anything because they flash a bunch of different imagery, you know, right constantly through the screen, and you have to really pay attention to it. Uh, now, to kind of the, the zip toe is the end, and then we'll kind of build on this. He finally gets up the, you know, enough of, you know, enough of wisdom, enough of courage, knowledge, you know, he's prepared now on the path. So when he fights this character towards the end, and as you say, and you watch it, one of the unique things was, and this is probably the most powerful part of the movie, one of the unique things was after he slays this quote-unquote personal demon, he grabs the hand of the demon and kisses it and he says, thank you. Pay attention to this now. He says, thank you, you created me. Now, I don't know if you know what that really means. Thank you, you created me. He realized, he, said, he also says you brought out the best in me. He realized that all of those things that he was running from was self-created. And he took that fear and what he was running from and what he didn't want to face, and he used that to motivate him and turn, turned it completely around. And made it work in his benefit. And that's why when you see towards the end of the movie, grabs the hand of the individual, kisses it, and makes that statement. Okay? That should be in relation to you on this path. When you watch the movie from front to back, you're going to see there's so many things you can correlate. There's so many things that we talk about week in and week out that is talked about in that movie in in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, The various different characters, again, are going to represent everybody on this path at some particular point, and you will see yourself. You will be able to relate on some level, and you will be able to correlate a lot of what you're seeing and, and hopefully be able to be analytical about yourself. And that's what's key about it. Now, again, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you not to, well, we kind of went through the majority of it. I'm not going to tell you everything about it because I want you to actually watch it, but I'm going to tell you some of the key points. There's other, you know, aspects as you watch it that you'll grasp from it. Um, but pay attention to when uh, they walk through certain areas, there's, there's, there's temples. Um, pay attention to the quote-unquote villains' surroundings, and I want to see what people pick up when they when they watch that movie, um, because there's a lot in it. Um, but the central thing that you should be focused on: you're your worst enemy. You basically are the one that's going to create your problems, your downfalls, your issues. You are the one that's going to be your biggest stumbling block. Nobody else. 
And any time that you sit there, as the movie shows, and run from something, it's going to catch up to you. There is no running from it because you can't run from self. And that's kind of what it shows as you as you as you're going through the movie in depth and in detail. Um, on a multitude of levels. Okay. Now everybody's going to perceive certain things that they see differently, and and that's that's to be expected. But as a whole, when you're watching it, there are certain things in general that are, you know, very easy to correlate as a whole. Because as we know, everything doesn't apply to everybody the same way, and that's just common sense. Um, but a lot of these movies that they got coming out now, um, even I know people who probably saw Get Out, which was uh, out not too long ago, it's out on um, Blu-ray and stuff now, uh, when they talk about the sunken place and all that. Um there's a lot of occult science in that too. Um, genetically, um, so a lot, you know, talking about genetics and 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 mastering the gods within yourself. All these things they talk about in the movie, but obviously it gets a little bizarre because they they genetically trying to uh, manipulate people. That's talking about uh, you know something completely in its different different perspective. But there's symbols in that too. Um, now, why is it now, and I say this now, pay attention to everything you got going on in the news, uh, you know, in the world, things that you got going on now. Why are all these movies, quote, unquote, coming out with a lot of these subliminal messages in them? There's been a lot in the last two years, a lot. Um this is not a coincidence because as, as we know, while people are distracted with the bullshit, they have a way of filtering things through, but most people are just not awake to tap into them because they're so distracted with the negativity and the bullshit. So you best believe there's a dual process going on. As people are being distracted and being emotionally controlled, et cetera, they're filtering information through for a particular reason. Now, the thing is, are you smart enough to tap into it, or are you just plain fucking stupid because you're worried about, you know, the latest cop that shot some, some fucking black person and you're caught up in Black Lives Matter and you're getting sucked in, and that's exactly what they want you to get sucked into. Um, all the terrorist shit they got going, all that shit is done for a particular reason, to keep your ass distracted of what's really going on. And people don't see that. They still want to sit there and get caught up in their emotions. And as we said before, that stuff is being done intentionally to keep your emotions controlled, to keep fear instilled. So that, that, train, of, that train of thought has to be changed. So the change starts with itself. It doesn't start with something external outside yourself. It doesn't start with you doing some ritual that you're going to do that's going to fix everything for you. That's a bunch of bullshit. Okay, that's what fake dogmas, doctrines, philosophies, and religion promise. That's not what this path promises. Okay, this path gives you a realistic approach that one, first and foremost, must do the preparation. One must take stock and inventory of themselves and adjust what must be fixed 
before they can proceed. Okay, that's just like getting into a car before you inspect it. You understand? That's just like taking your car to a mechanic to fix what's wrong with it, and you didn't double-check to see if what got fixed actually got fixed. Okay, this is what we do. We jump in, we read a few books, and we figure I'm super guru occultist now. So I don't need to, you know, mind the fact that I got all this other fucked up shit going on. I'm just going to ignore that, and I'm going to play occultist and pretend that everything is going to be okay. And then when nothing happens, then you want to say, oh, see, this isn't working. It's not that it's not working. It's you're not working. Okay? And this also relates to the term you hear us say, it's time to do the work, the real work. Okay? See, that's the work people don't want to do. That's the, that's the work people don't want to address. All people want to tell you about is how, 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 what they know and, and how intelligent they are and, 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 and on and on and on about just unrealistic bullshit and nonsense. Nobody cares. Not anybody that's really on this path because I know I don't give a fuck. I couldn't give two flying shits what you think you know. What you think you know and actually what you know is two different things. That don't impress me. Okay, you can see him spit three hours of breakdown on ancient Egypt to me. Shit don't impress me. See, we're so caught up in that, trying to prove to people what we know, and we want to get on YouTube, and we want to, we want to have debates, and you want to have one black organism group or, or a group of people or individuals debate another black group of people or individuals, and then these same Negroes want to talk about unity. I mean, what kind of stupidity is that? But see, somebody that's looking from the outside that's really awake, people like to say they're awake and they're conscious. Most people are still mummies and asleep and think because they may, I'm comedic. You can be whatever you want. You can take on whatever title you want. I don't give a fuck if you're the grand puma. If your actions don't produce no results, it doesn't mean a damn thing to me. I couldn't care. And let me say this on a flip note, and and then anybody out there that's in the same boat should approach it the same way. And regardless of what you are doing, if you're getting results, fuck what people think. You don't. It's not necessary to prove shit to anybody if you what you're doing is working, and you're getting results. It's not necessary because the only person you need to convince is yourself. So why do you spend? Or why do people spend so much time and energy trying to validate themselves and prove to other people what they know? You want to know why? The part of their ego that keeps them down. It's that ego, not the good part of the ego, the self-centered, egotistical-driven aspect of ourselves, where we have too much pride, where we're not able to humble ourselves and really seek the truth. So what we do, we study a bunch of shit, pump our ego up, and now we just want to, you know, I know this, and uh, the, the original Asiatic, uh, the original black people of ancient Egypt, back when we were the original kings and queens, blah, 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 blah. Shut the fuck up with that nonsense. Nobody wants to hear that shit no more. It's, it's repetitive, it's redundant, and it's just bullshit. There's no, if there's no actions driven behind it, I don't give a fuck what we were back in the day. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that shit. It makes me want to throw up. It makes me literally want to puke. I don't give a fuck how great we used to be. I, I'm not going to say it again. 
All I care about is how great we can be right now, today, 2017. So if all that shit you're talking about, Egypt, all that shit you're talking about, Africa, if I can't update that, take that information and update it in 2017, I don't even want to hear it. Because as we've said before on the show, I ain't never seen a poor pharaoh, a poor king or queen in my life. Why do we got so many poor Negroes walking around that can't even reach into their pocket and pull out $10 to buy a hot fucking sandwich? And these same broke-ass Negroes are still selling fucking bean pies and DVDs and incense and oils out on 125th Street. This is what your godly nature has raised you up to be, a fucking DVD peddler and a fucking selling fucking bean pies and, 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 and trinkets out on the street. You a grown-ass motherfucking man. Come on, man. Wake the fuck up, man. Seriously. It's time to grow up in 2017. And it ain't all pretty, and I'm not going to give it to you to, to, to cuddle you and cater your fucking ego. You are in a situation that you're in, good or bad, however you, do, however you perceive that, because you made those decisions to get into that situation. Don't blame the fucking white man. So tired of sitting around in circles of Negroes blaming the white and the white man. The white man's holding the brothers down. Shut the fuck up, Negro. Maybe if you get off your lazy ass, we're not living in those days and times where there's not methods around the bullshit. If you're intelligent, you know how to creep around shit and get done what needs to get done. Negroes is acting like they still living in slave times and shit. Am I saying there's no racism? Absolutely not. It's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if you let that racism define your level of success, then you're a slave to it. You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. So this is not the damn time to sit around and bitch and complain why you can't be successful. Because as I've said before, I can sit and talk to people, and they can give me a million reasons why they fail, but they can't give me one reason why they can succeed. And that's a sick mentality. That's a slave mentality. And that's a mentality that's worse or that is tough to overcome <clears throat> because you can't just crawl up out of that. It takes a lot of deprogramming. And as we said from earlier shows, you hear us use another term, one aspect or one definition of what real black magic is is reprogramming the subconscious mind. You have to reteach yourself because everything that we've been taught is wrong. Now, how do you reteach yourself? Real simple. You must address everything that you were taught and adjust that information to suit how it's going to work for you. So I'm, I'm saying how everybody's got to be reprogrammed subconsciously and retaught, it's not going to be the same for every individual. Why? Because each individual experiences in life is going to shape where they are right now mentally to this day. What do I mean by that? How you were raised, how you were brought up, your environment, your culture, your family life. All of these things shape how we think to this very fucking day. I don't care. What you claim to be right now in 2017, I don't care if you claim to be kinetic, comedic, Buddhist, occultist, whatever, it's going to have some level of influence on how you think and how you see things and how you perceive things. And this is also where we get our morality from. That's a whole other subject on this path. Morality is personal. Do you understand? You can't set one set of morals and no set of morals apply to everybody. That's why it doesn't work. The reason why is because most people cannot identify with one particular set of morals. So all of these things are going to determine how an individual 
functions, operates, perceives things. You understand? So we got to stop this bullshit. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm beneath it. I don't even fucking waste my energy and time on it when approached with it because I'll just stomp it out like you stomp on them, them project roaches back in the day that you corner. I just stomp them out like them fucking roaches because I don't want to hear that shit. Because all of that negative energy, it's negative in the sense it's not productive. Not negative and evil. That's all bullshit. There's no such thing as evil and good. They're just varying degrees of vibrational energy. So we got to stop perceiving shit that's bad. Well, what does bad mean? When someone says that's bad, stop that person and say, well, what do you mean to say bad? Bad in what way? Bad to you because you perceive it that way? Because the very next person may not perceive what you perceive as bad, and they might have a complete different perspective on it. So we don't look at shit like that. We think how we personally categorize shit, how we personally identify with stuff, how we personally decipher to us what's good and bad, we think that everybody else is supposed to see it the same way. Hence, this is why you have your disagreements come in when it comes to doctrine and information. Because as soon as you strike a nerve in the individual that goes against their ideology, their spiritual system, once you strike that nerve of that cord, then they want to get confrontational. Then they want to debate. And it has nothing to do with the truth. It just simply has to do with, oh, shit, you fucking, you, 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 you crushed my ego. So now I need to redeem myself. Because really, that's all it is at the end of the day. And really, after all these bullshit-ass debates, hours of back and forth and nonsense, what was really gained out of it? Who really walked away? What was the beneficial factor? Where were the solutions? There were none. Just a bunch of ego-driven motherfuckers trying to prove to each other what they know. As I said before, those that know me, okay, let me make this shit crystal clear. Because we got a different spirit coming through right now. We're just going to have to roll with it. Those that know me know I've been doing this bullshit for over 20-something years. I can go that route. Trust me when I tell you. I can go that route, but you don't want me to go that route because the shit that I'm going to talk about is going to hurt your feelings. Trust me when I tell you that. You don't want me to, you don't want me to get into all that conscious bullshit because your feelings are going to get hurt because I'm not going to tell you shit to make you feel good. I'm not going to tell you shit to pump up your ego and install false pride in you, okay? Just not going to do it. Why? Because I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I went through all that bullshit thinking that there was some great prize or reward at the end of the rainbow. I went through the complaining and griping every day and blaming everybody else for, for, for shortcomings and failures. And once I came to the realization, wait a minute, this is a bunch of bullshit. I need to get off my lazy ass and do something for myself. And that's when things start to change. So you don't want to go there. Trust me when I tell you. And occasionally when I get an email, you know, people don't, you know, once in a while you get an email from the pro-black conscious person. You know, they want to try to go there and, you know, they, you never hear back from them because they don't like what I respond back. So don't go there. You understand? If you ask me a question, keep this in mind. If you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the answer. I'm not going to give you my personal answer. I'm not going to give you what I think. I'm going to give you the answer. Do you understand the difference? And sometimes that answer is not pleasant, unfortunately. 
and that's just called life. We just deal with it. But anyway, if you have not seen this movie, all of these things, what, and I'm bringing all this up to say, this character in the movie, King Arthur, realizes he starts to see things for what they are, not for what he thought them to be. Sound familiar? He starts to realize all the things that he went through in life really didn't really hold no weight because they were just a sidebar and a side distraction to who he really was. Now, what's important about it is because when you see the beginning of the movie and, you know, how he gets separated from his family, that's very important. <clears throat> and the villain actually represents, you know, the bullshit about himself, even though it's a character that appears to be an individual outside of himself. But the villain represents him, his fears, his weaknesses, things that are holding him back. And that's why I said a few minutes back, one of the most powerful scenes in the movie is when he grabs the enemy's hands. And like I said, what blew me away was the way that this character, when he transforms this enemy, now you got you got to just peep out the imagery. It's, it's, I don't even want to ruin that for you. See it uh, for yourself. But when he grabs the hand and says, thank you, thank you for creating me. You made me. That's some powerful shit because at that point he realized all of that stuff he was fearing, all that, all, all that he thought was negative was actually giving him his power and strength. Let me say that shit again. Let me back up if you missed that. All the stuff he was fearing, all the stuff that he termed in his mind evil, all the stuff that he termed in his mind bad, he came to that realization at that moment that's what gave him his strength and power. That's what made him. That's what shaped him. That's what created him. You understand? That's how we got to approach this path that we call left-hand path origin of ancient Egypt, uh, added to the black arts, African witchcraft source, whatever, all of those systems. This is how you should approach this path. The only thing to fear is fear itself. Yeah, hear that term. We, I heard my mother say that all the time. The only thing to fear is fear itself. You, you stop over-intellectualizing everything on this path. You can't do it. You're wasting your time and energy if you try. Let me give you an example. I'm going to tell you something that happened past week. To give you an example of what we're talking about, here's a classic example. This past weekend at the ritual, right? And I knew this happened for a reason because I keep dwelling on this for the last several days, but it's kind of a reminder and a confirmation at the same time. When we were getting ready to do the ritual this weekend, they there was a uh, – they had an event prior to us, uh, the place that we use. And as everybody cleared out, I saw one, one, one elder sister hanging around. And when I say elder, I'm not gonna, she was too old. I'm going to say maybe early 50s, uh, just, just a guess. And I noticed that she wasn't clearing out. And I saw her all dressed in black. So I assumed she was here for what we were doing. But I also sensed at the same time, I don't think she really knew what the fuck was going on. I could just feel it. So I approached her and I said, are you here for the ritual? And she said, yeah, I'm here for the drumming ritual. Well, obviously she didn't get all the information because the ritual we did Saturday was a two-part ritual. There was a, kind of an initiation, first part of the ritual, and then uh, some intense drumming and some other stuff that took place in the second part of the ritual. So I told her, I said, well, it's a little bit more than that. It's not really just a drumming ritual. It gets a little, it's a little bit more uh, detailed than that. Uh, we're doing a, you know, invocation of the Holy Death. 
And so she asked me, she said, well, what is that? So right there I said, well, I ain't got time to really get into all that right now. I don't have time to sit here and, and break all that down. My recommendation is if you're not, you know, aware of what, what it's really about, I don't suggest you participate until you educate yourself a little bit more. So I think she was just there because, you know, the old saying, curiosity kills the cat. Well, unfortunately, at that moment, it made me realize some people, they're nosy, and they just, they want to just see what's going on or see what they, what, if it's something they don't know or try to figure it, you know. So she's probing, asking all these questions, and in my mind, I'm saying, man, this this is not going to, this no, you know, it's not, not for her right now. It gets better, though. So she says, well, other, um, now, mind you, there's other people waiting in the back room because she, she didn't know that. So she says, well, is there anybody else here? But, yeah, I said, there's other people here, and they're in the back waiting. So she decided to, upon herself to go to the back. Okay, cool. Now, I thought she left. So as we go to prepare everybody for the ritual, I see her. I go into the back, and I see her sitting in the, the middle there. And so I made, made it clear. I said, now, this is important because I looked at her, and I saw her face, and every ounce of fear and panic as I looked at her, it just came right into me, and I felt her fear, her fear and her panic, and it was fucked up. Let me tell you. So I said, well, I just want to make sure everybody, before we proceed forward, is willing to participate in this ritual, you know, of their own free will and accord. There's no asking questions when you go in. There's no fucking talking. What is this? What are we doing? None of that shit. That's not how we do it. So I said, well, long story short, I said, basically, if you, you know, not sure you want to do it, now would be the time to get up and leave. Now, I looked at her in her face. She wanted to get up real bad, but her curiosity and nosiness couldn't get her up. So she stayed. When I tell you terror, I've never seen terror in an individual. Now, there's a good side to this towards the end. I'm telling you this because this is King Arthur. I'm telling you this shit. So all this shit kind of clicked. That experience happened, and I watched the movie, I think, a day or two after that. So this is not a coincidence. So I'm getting a message out of this whole thing that's, that's transpiring in these last couple of days. It's a strong, powerful message. So I see the fear. She decides to stay. And then I'm not going to get into the details of the ritual in case somebody goes through it. We don't want to ruin it for nobody. But um, as she entered the lodge, or as she came in, for the ritual and was being prepared. Man, she just looked terrified. Um, the first part of the ritual, she was kind of, you could, you could feel all that fear, that, 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 that terror, kind of like, why the fuck did I stay? What am I getting myself into? But as you felt her mind more kind of stop thinking about everything and trying to trivialize it, you kind of sense her vibe calming down just a little bit towards the end. And then you seen her in the second part of the ritual, after she got through the first part, the second part, she kind of eased, eased into it slowly but surely gradually. But you can tell it was at no she, – she, wasn't, she wasn't expecting anything at all that what she went through. She probably thought it was some peace and love shit and we're going to be singing Kumbaya and meditating and, and all that bullshit. And it just threw her for a loop. But here's the good thing. What I did sense in her before she left, and though I only spoke to her briefly, but I could look in her eyes, it did shake her very foundation. What I did see in her eyes was everything that she thought, maybe that whole significance really didn't, 
and I can tell now she's going to look at things differently, and it's going to affect her for a while. We may never see her again, but I guarantee you it brought a certain level of awareness and change. We might see her again. You understand? But the thing is, it reminded me, I correlated it to the movie. Her very foundation was shook. You could tell that whatever she was studying up until that point, she's looking at it now in a different perspective. Based on going, I look at the ritual kind of as going into the terrible place, like King Arthur had to do. King Arthur had to be shaken the fuck and woken up, but in a very drastic and intense way. So the purpose of doing a lot of these rituals and why we do these rituals is to bring you to that dark, terrible place. You understand? And to bring out that divine in you. Everybody says they're a god, and I'm a god, I'm a goddess, which that makes me fucking puke. You don't know how that just gets, like, makes my fucking stomach turn when I run into somebody, and uh, I'm a goddess. I, I love the females. They're goddesses, but they're all fucked up, jacked up in the head, and their lives are shitty, and and list goes on and on of all the fucking baggage they carry, but they want to tell you how divine and how much of a goddess they are and they're superior. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. It's a title to hide behind. It's a mask that they put on to try to portray themselves in an illusionary way. This is what this this past is going to strip all that shit from me. So I correlate that experience, and I know part of that happening, that was a message for me. Because I ain't never seen this sister. And that's why I said we may never see her again. Because who was she? That's a whole other story. I ain't going to get into that right now. But the point being is that happened for a reason. It also happened for a reason that, which I don't know if some people were aware of that, that were there, there was a message in that for themselves. So some people may not have caught it. Some people might have. Um, but I liken that whole experience to similar what King Arthur went through. He didn't really know what he was getting himself into, and he was trying to over-intellectualize and figure the shit out. And you'll see that was his downfall until he went into that dark place and just got thrown into the, you know, got thrown into the fire. You know what I mean? Got thrown into the trial and the tribulation. And then there was no time to think about everything and over-intellectualize it. It was time to tap into that divinity and work the shit out. Well, I'm saying this because some motherfuckers need to work their shit out, Okay. It's time to grow up. Put on your big boy pants, big boy underwears. You know, females, put on your belly drawers, whatever the fuck it is you wear. You, you, you know, put on your big girl drawers. It's time to grow the fuck up. I can't put it any other way. And I, I can't sugarcoat it anymore because sometimes people are asking the same stupid shit over and over. And when you're asking the same stupid shit over and over, it's a confirmation that you're not absorbing the information. You're not putting it into practice. And most importantly, it's not making a transformational change for you personally. So what you should say to yourself is, if I'm asking the same thing over and over, I need to check myself. There's something I'm not grasping. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is it means you're not putting the effort and energy in to get it corrected. There's a difference. So I'm not saying, look, we all got our strengths and our weaknesses and nobody's perfect. We all got our shortcomings. We all got shit about ourselves we need to work on. Everybody. I don't care if you've been on this path 20, 30 years or two or three years because I've seen, I've seen this. I've seen people on this path for a year or two that are more in tune, more successful than people that have been on this path for 15, 20, 25 years. What does that mean? That means that, yeah, that person that might be on this path 15, 20, 25 years, they might know a lot of shit, 
but it shows that the person that's been there for a year or two, they may not have as much intellectual information as that person, but it shows they put in more work, they work harder, so therefore they get better results. So this, this is the thing you got. This I'm saying. Gauge yourself. Figure it out. Find out what it is that you struggle with and take those struggles and make them work for you. Don't focus on the shit you're good at because that's going to come natural. Focus on the areas that you need improvement. And, and when you do that inventory of yourself, say, well, damn, okay, so what, what could be causing a stagnated effort in this area? What's, what's creating this? What decisions am I making in life that's causing this? What choices am I making that's creating these scenarios? Because that's what it is. See, people want spooky-ass answers to simple questions. You know, people want some joint, like, you know, you got, you got this other group of people, right? When I, when I do consultations, it's kind of funny. People think when, when they do a consultation with me, they're going to hear about how special they are. Oh, yeah, you used to be in a past life. You were a great – no, no, that's not what real consultation is. Consultation is just what the word sounds like. We're going to consult in areas that need to be addressed. And those that have done it with me know, and I know there's a few years on this call, but, yes, there's a couple years on here that have done it with me. You know it's just some down-to-earth real shit. It's not no spooky-ass shit. You ain't going to get false information. You're not going to be told you need to do all this excess stuff and pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to do it. That's not how it works. We address the shit that needs to be addressed, and I give you the information you need to correct that shit. And I also tell you on the flip side, here it is, Rodor McGraw, if you don't do it, I really couldn't give a fuck because you ain't hurt nobody but yourself. The ones that do carry it out, and I'll have people that follow up, they get great results, and they're happy and they continue to work it out, and they consistently get results. That's the difference. Yes, you know, during these things, yes, spirits will come through, messages, energy, but that's for you. Not because you're special. It's for you to use that information and be able to apply it where it can be beneficial for you and work for you. You know, the foundation is this. I keep telling people this. What's the foundation to be successful? Well, Ancestral worship is the foundation. Look at it like this. It's like building a house. Without the foundation, the house is going to fall apart. So I always tell people, start with that connection with your ancestors. You know, work that ancestral altar. Set something up from them, and then it emanates from out there. You can't really work, and this is just my opinion. You might have other people on this path that differ because ancestral worship is approached differently in different spiritual circles. You're going to find out if you implement it correctly, it's just going to be uh, a, a more powerful tool to enhance the rest of your magical work, quote, unquote. Got to have a foundation. So you got to start somewhere. You can't, you know, go from A to Z and skip A through Y. See, people want to go right to, you know, Z and skip all the other shit. It does not work like that. And those that know me and have worked with me over the years know you. I don't promise you pie in the sky. I give you real methods, real solutions, and it's based on you taking it and applying it. And as I tell you, and when you do a consultation with me, I'm not doing shit for you. You're going to do all the work for yourself. I'm going to tell you what to do, and the people will follow up with me on emails, et cetera, and I'll try to help them out when I can, but this is not let me hold your hand and I'm going to walk you through it. Nuh-uh. I'm going to let you go out there for yourself 
experience it for yourself, and figure it out for yourself. But you'll get the tools to do it. If you've got the tools, there's no reason why you can't be successful. It's not like you don't have the tools. People have the tools. They have the information, but they're not applying the information. See, that's the difference. Because I always say this, and I'm telling you, this, this is, I can't even tell you how many times this has happened in the, in the last couple of years, how I've run in, I'll be traveling somewhere, or I'll be at some event, spiritual conscious event, and, you know, you can smell them a mile away. Here comes, here comes a old jackass, you know, super conscious Negro, you know, here he comes. You can smell them a mile away. You know, usually they're the ones that have on like a million different trinkets and you know, they got all these African symbols on. You know, they they got to profess their Africanness. It's hilarious. They can smell them. You can smell them and see them from a mile away. And they'll just sit there and ramble on the mouth, break down, the, you know, yeah, the metro nectar and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there listening to this shit like, blah, shit starts sounding like Charlie Brown to me. Wah, 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 wah. And the first thing I do, the first thing, not to be judgmental, uh, first thing I say in my mind, all right, this motherfucker's spitting Metunet. He's talking about the hieroglyphics. He's talking about the different dynastic periods of Egypt. Blah blah blah. Okay, it's just shit sounds head. I feel like I'm in a fucking lecture at a at a college with some boring ass professor. But here, here's the only thing I want to know. After having said all that, I want to see is this person a living example of the shit that they're talking about as far as success. And then when the conversation shifts to, well, what do you do for a living? You know, then all of a sudden it gets quiet. You start hearing fucking crickets and shit. You know what I mean? And then you'll find out they're doing some just lame-ass shit or not doing anything at all. You know, what, uh, do you run a business? Um, you know, what, what are you into? I mean, what, what is your life geared around? What are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? There's no quick answer. You know why there's no quick answer? Because they don't even sit down and think about that shit. They're so busy sucking up information like a sponge and can't wait till they get to one of these events like this so they can fucking impress everybody. That's what they spend their whole time doing. So they're not goal-driven. They ain't, they ain't set no goals for themselves. They don't even know what to do with themselves, let alone set goals for themselves. That's all I need to know. And then they just have this baffled look in their face. So you like to play conscious when it's convenient on the weekends. So when you're not working your, your job at fucking Home Depot, or the supermarket, and I'm not knocking anybody if that's where you work, do what you got to do. I'm just saying, be able to put things into perspective. You understand what I'm saying? Be a living example of the information you say you're about. Not because I I, I study Egypt, so I'm going to put on Egyptian symbols, and that confirms that I am this Egyptian cometicist. That's not what this is about. Now, what does that represent? Let's go back to the movie. Same thing King Arthur had to deal with. We tend to portray ourselves as what people, or I'm sorry, as what we want people to see us as. We all portray this image, this personality, this character that we want people to see us, that we've created this character. Now, you ask yourself, why did we create this character, and why do we want to portray ourselves in a certain way that we want people to perceive? That's the million-dollar question. Because 99.9% of the time, that's not who you really are. And another thing that this path, what it represents and what it does is it wakes you up to the reality of this is who you really are. 
beautiful thing about it is, just like in the movie King Arthur, all of the horrible things that you thought were horrible and negative or that you might have feared, you find out that those were actually your strengths. Those were actually, if you, were, if you took those things and made that energy work for you as opposed to against you, and couple that with the good things you already know that you have the ability and the power to do, now you just double and tripled your potential and your ability. Now, the reason why you can't tap into that success in any other path is because most other spiritual systems, right-hand path or fluffy path, always promote this good and bad shit, positive and negative. That's evil. That's bad. Stay away from it completely. No, you can't. It's all energy. It all works in conjunction with each other. They're just varying degrees of vibration. We say this a million times. You can't negate that and neutralize it and throw it in a corner and say, oh, just stay away from that because as they're staying away from it and avoiding it, it's going to make it go away. No, it's not. It's going to build up the strength of that persistence, which creates a more powerful resistance, which creates even more problems for you. That's the problem with most philosophies, doctrines, and dogmas. They have categorized what's bad and negative, and they've put it in a box, and they've said, stay away from this, avoid that, don't explore it, don't look into it, because this can hurt you, but they never tell you in detail and break down why it can hurt you. They just give you some faith-driven perspective to try to spook the fuck out of you and scare you, so now you've been programmed to think, oh, I'm not going to mess or deal with that. That's why when you hear the terms black magic, witchcraft, and sorcery, immediately your mind is programmed at all these fears. I'm not talking about, per se, people that are on this path. I'm saying the average person hears those terms, and they get, they get scared. They get spooked out because they've already been programmed and indoctrinated by these philosophies, dogmas, and systems. That stuff is bad. Don't fuck with that stuff. You know what's fucked up about it is? You can go to the Caribbean. You can go to all parts of Africa. Even here in America, these so-called religious people who claim to be Christians and, and you know, Jews and, and, and people that believe in monotheism in general, right? When they really need real solutions to real problems, they go see priests and priestesses and, and the medicine man and the voodoo doc. You go to all these countries. Same, you know how many people I've seen in Ifa go to Babalawas that were straight up bona fide, sanctified, saved Christians? But when they really needed to tap into a true power, that Christian shit went right out the window and they went to the African high priest because they needed real answers, real solutions to their problems. But the sickness and the diseases, I've seen them get the solutions to their problems. Why the fuck in the world would you go run back into the church and play church? and play loyal, devoted Christians. And I know there's a lot of things that can define that. It's a money game. It's a hustle. People don't want to be openly out and about what, you know, about that spiritual path because they're afraid of being ridiculed. All that bullshit. Why do they all run to the so-called occultist, spiritual priest, high priest or priestess, voodoo, voodoo master, shaman, whatever, why do they always go to that individual when they really want to tap into true power, true knowledge, true wisdom, and get real solutions? That should tell you something. It should also tell you we all have that ability. 
But why the fuck are we not tapping into it? So when you sit there and tell, I'm the worst person to approach with that. We are kings and queens, and back in the day, I'm telling you, get your feelings hurt. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and cuddle you. I'm going to step on your neck because I'm tired of that forced mental slavery on people because it's another systematic method of slavery, mental slavery. What is that systematic method of slavery? Back in the day syndrome. Most Negroes are suffering from it. I don't care about back in the day no more. Know your history to install pride in you. You must know your history. You must know your past so you can know your present and your future. I'm all for that shit. As I said before, the problem I have is when you get stuck in the past. That's the problem I got. I ain't got a problem about that. We got to know the history. No, no doubt. But I'm so tired of getting stuck in the history. I'm so tired of getting stuck in the past because a lot of that shit is outdated because the problem is we, we going out on these streets every day and we're seeing people addicted to crack. We're seeing gang violence every day. We're seeing people getting shot and killed on the regular, right? We want to attribute it all only just to racism, and it's not. It's deeper than that shit. Trust me. There's more of a, uh, of, of a systematic method driving this than people are aware of. Trust me when I tell you. But the race game is being used against most of us now, too, because everything is race now. Everything is fucking black and white. And this is being done intentionally. It's beyond that. You know they put fucking Donald Trump in there to get under people's skin. Think about it for a minute. You had a black president for eight years, and I was laughing. I'll never forget because I was in New York when he first got elected, and there was Obama, and he was out in the streets banging pots and pans. You would have thought Negroes won fucking a one-way trip to paradise and shit. They thought their problems was over. Obama for your mama child. I was laughing my ass off. I said, man. These niggas don't really get ready to know what's happening, man. They're about to do the switcheroo. Something bad coming. And the bad is here. It's Donald Trump. Okay, it's here. So after they fed you Obama after eight years of Bush, destroying the fucking country, right, to distract your ass, and he destroyed the country. He destroyed <laughs> the economy. He probably one of the worst presidents when it came to employment, the economy, and finances started wars and disaster all over the world for no fucking reason, which was still suffering the effects from now. So they get his ass out of there, and they know black people was getting ready and getting frustrated, so they throw you a token Negro now. And now you think, because you had a black president, oh, shit, we got it made. Look what they just did to your ass after eight years. Now they throw the worst cracker in there you can throw in there, the, the, the most vile cracker. I mean, they got the, they got the cracker of all crackers in there right now. And he's a disgusting-looking cracker, orange and shit. And I don't even know what that color that Negro is. That fucking hair looks like a troll. They didn't just go get a regular cracker. They got a racist, nasty, grinding-looking cracker to put in there to piss you off. And the shit he's doing is just unbelievable. And the fucked-up part about it, we know, look, anybody that knows history, real history, knows anybody that they put in that seat of the presidency is put there for a reason, including Obama. Because when you do the research on Obama, he has blood connections to the royal bloodline of the presidents. Yes, he does. Do the research. You don't think they're going to put anybody in there? They ain't part of the order of the skull and bones, the bushes, all of them. They're all connected. And this ain't conspiracy theory. These are real orders. Go research and do your fucking research. And then come back and talk to me. Okay? Politics is not the answer. 
Politics is the play in the stage being played out in front of your face to keep you distracted. So I laughed when I said, you know, everybody got fucking emotional when Trump won. I said, man, look, I, I tried to tell you all from day one when they put Obama in office, there's something bad getting ready to happen, even worse than George Bush. Okay? And those that know me know I said that in classes dating back to the first year when Obama was inaugurated. I ain't saying this shit now in 2017. I was saying that shit over eight years ago. Okay? And now you got something even worse than George Bush. This man is straight scary. This man, he literally wants to run the country like he runs the show, The Apprentice, that he was on. He's really stepping on the wrong toe. He's stepping on, look, look how he's dealing with Korea. It's scary to think that this man has the ability to start a world war. Look at that shit. Obama for your mama. You niggas are silly. You niggas really thought that we had it made? Let's just hope we see another black president at some point in our lifetime, if we ever do. You don't think they threw that token Negro in there for a reason? They say, oh, shit, Negroes is getting mad. Let's, let's, let's give them something. Let's give them something. You know they had to play the race game in that racism, and it's not, not to knock Obama. It's not, it's not to knock, knock light-skinned people or mixed people. They couldn't give you a dark-ass Negro. They did that intentionally, too. They couldn't give you a Bernie Mac-colored, skin-textured Negro. They had to give you somebody that kind of looks black, kind of looks multi-ethnicity to kind of soften the blow. You don't think all that shit is done intensely? Like throwing Beyonce out there because she's multicultural and can appear and can appeal to all different races when really the bitch ain't got no talent when you really break it down. Bitch can't sing. You know, all she's good for doing is shaking her ass. All her videos are the same. This is what it's about. And you look at the other, what's the other fucking the whore family? Uh, Kardashian whores, Right? They are Nutrinoid-looking, right? We know they're Armenian, but they kind of look Spanish, mixed. And you see, all they do is chase Negroes. That's all they do. They, they, they hunt down athletes, entertainers, and ra- rappers, and fucking basketball stars. And they're a bunch of no-talent hoes that absolutely serve no purpose and absolutely have no fucking talent, but it amazes me how they stay in the limelight. But on the flip side, I give them credit because them bitches is working their wizardry. Okay, that's magic. I don't give a fuck. You may not like it. I mean, I'm going to call it for what it is. They're a bunch of nasty-ass skank hoes that basically have used their feminine sexuality and have worked their wizardry through that sexual magic, and, 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 and niggas is falling left and right at their feet. They, they, they dump one athlete and rapper, and they go to the next. And really, look, God, to show you the magic in that shit, if you can't see it, what talent do they really have? Think about it. What do they do? What do they do? What's their talent? What's their claim to fame? You got to really think about that. Well, I'm not talking about, boy, their clothing line. That shit all came after the fact. What really got Kim Kardashian famous? The Ray J tape, right? That's when you really started first hearing about her. Right? Let me show you how this bitch works magic right in front of you on a daily basis. Right? You didn't know nothing about no goddamn Kim Kardashian until that Ray J tape came out a few years back. So the bitch basically said, okay, I'm a hoe. This made me popular. I'm going to tap into this shit and basically ride this shit till the wheels fall off. And she's still riding it to this day. 
And then she got the rest of her sisters and the little younger tramps. Was, uh, I can't, Courtney and whatever the fuck. I can't remember them bimbo's dumb fucking names. But then the rest of the whole family jumped on board. And then mom, who's the biggest coven warlock witch bitch, she figured, oh, wow, I can really get paid doing this shit. So now she's the facilitator and the manager of the whole family. Come on, man. Your people got to wake the fuck up, man. See shit for what it is. This goes on on a daily basis. So at the same token, as, as, as vile and fucking disgusting as it is, got to give them bitches credit. They work in their magic, whether you like them or not. I can't stand the bitches, but I got to call for what it is. Hey, if you got no goddamn talent, here's the, here's the magic in it. If you ain't got absolutely no talent, but you're a whore showing your ass, and you've gone, you've gone, you've gone this far, being successful, making a million dollars off of it, that's the motherfucking magic. Point blank. I don't care who likes that or who does. That's not the point. The point is they were able to tap into what most people think is negative, exploiting sexuality, and they're able to become millionaires off of it. People say that's prostitution. Call it whoever you fucking want. Prostitution is the oldest profession than any profession on the planet. You can find prostitutes all throughout the Bible selling pussy. Read the story of Judah in the book of Genesis. When Judah was set out to go do a religious mission, he got sidetracked by a prostitute. I I gave you a million stories in the Bible with hoes. So hoes have been around biblical times and before. It's never going to go away. There's always going to be hoes around. That's the reality. (laughs) I'm going on and on about that shit. But anyway, I think we talked enough about the topic. Uh, We're approaching that 10, 30 hours. So in a few minutes, we're going to go to the phone. I'd like to get people's feedback. If you did see the movie, I mean, I'd like to get a little more tonight. I'm just listening. I'm enjoying the show. I get tired of that shit. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. I know you got some shit to say. Give some feedback. Give some input. I know you just can't. He's just listening. That shit kills me, man. Don't take it the wrong way, but the shit does kill me. There's a different spirit coming through tonight, man. It's different energy. I don't even want to tell you what it is. We'll get into that another time. But I think we talked enough about the subject. If you did see the movie, I'd like to get your feedback on it. If you had, have, you've already had a chance to view the movie, I want, I want to get your interpretation, not just the way I broke it down. You might have picked up on something I completely missed, and I'm sure there's going to be other people. And if you haven't seen the movie and you do get a chance to watch it after this show and you see it in the next few days or whatever, I'd like to get your feedback on it. You know what I mean? Hit me up with an email. Tell me, hey, man, I saw this. Why I say that? Because I like getting emails like that because it shows me you're doing work. It shows me that, all right, you're you really putting in some energy and some work. You know what I mean? I, want, I probably missed a bunch of shit. You know what I mean? So so hit me up with some shit I missed. Yeah, you know, Brother Benita, I saw the movie. Yo, did you, did you catch this part here? I might not have caught it. I'm not saying that I watched it and I caught everything and take word verbatim everything that I'm saying tonight. And that's the only way you should take it. You might perceive even some of the stuff I talked about tonight, it might apply to you differently. And that's good if it does because, as I said before, everybody's going through something different. And based on where you're at now in your spiritual journey at this very moment as we're talking right now, that's going to vary for individual, and that's going to determine how you perceive it. You understand? Because where you're at now, somebody else listening to this show might be way supersede way past that, or they might be beyond it. They might not be there yet. 
So sometimes in that perception, what is a reality and a truth to you may not be to the next person because they're just not there yet or they're way past it yet, and it's not that type of reality to them anymore. That's all. See, if we deal with each other on that level and stop getting caught up in this I'm right and you're wrong shit all the time, then things will start to drastically change. People, people always talk about when's change going to come, right? We heard that old, that old Negro spiritual, I know change is going to come, right? Well, when do we identify and acknowledge when that change comes? That's my question. Again, I'm not sitting there and being part of that group that wants to talk. I know change is going to come. Change is here. Change resides within you. You have the ability to change. It ain't coming. It's always been, it's always been there. Change is going to come when you take the ability and say, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to start making that change within myself starting now. I'm going to change the way I do certain things. I'm going to make different decisions. I'm going to set goals for myself. I'm going to, you know, have some, some type of, of system that's self-created, that I can work, that's going to bring about change. Not follow somebody else's shit to the letter or to the T. Not mimic somebody else's shit to the or to the D, because that's not going to do it, because then it becomes redundant. And that's not going to bring about the change you need. Because when you develop your own spiritual system, you're going to develop that system based on your experiences as you travel on this path. Your experience is going to dictate to you what you need to utilize. So as you experience these different things, you're going to start pulling and taking from what you need to use to apply to yourself. It could be certain spiritual practices, it could be certain um, systems. You might start saying, oh, you know, I start working with Cali. That's bringing change. I start doing this. That's not really doing nothing for me. So I'm going to X that out right now. I'm going to focus on the Cali energy. Uh, you know, I see, I see some things I identify with in vampirism. And there's certain vampiric rituals that you have worked that have brought about the change. So I'm going to focus some energy in that area of study and apply some of that work in rituals, right? You might find other areas and, and, and try and, and say, I don't need that. But how do you make that determination? By your experiences. Not just reading about it or somebody told you or somebody told you what to do and what to stay away from. No, you didn't do that. You, you, you experienced it, and based on your experience is how you made the decision whether it was for you or not. Well, I tried that. I experienced it. I, I didn't really get nothing out of it. I don't really need that. Cool. That is the correct methodology because you experienced it and you raised yourself to the realization that it was not necessary. And then vice versa. By your experiences, you might say, damn, something that I really wasn't, really didn't fascinate me or I never really looked into or I thought was bad, it's not really what I thought it was. I experienced it. I see what it's really about now. And it's actually something that I do need to apply to myself to bring about the change. I mean, see, it goes both ways. But it's all connected because, as I said before, it's just all varying degrees of vibrational energy and frequency. That's it. That's simple. All right. So what we're going to do is, having said that, if you are in the chat room, uh, you can go ahead and type questions in. We'll be more than happy to address those questions. Those questions. If you are on the call, again, we got to go through this every week. Uh, your phone must be unmuted. 
we cannot hear you. We go to the phone. Sometimes we try to plug you in, and we can hear background noise and shit, but you can't hear us. So please make sure your phone is unmuted. We do have uh, people on the line from same states. So if you have, do not have a registered name, we have to address you by the state. So just if we say Florida, just speak. If that's your line is opened up, it'll be you. Um, we do encourage people to register with TalkShoe.com to get a screen name. It's free. There's no charge. It just makes it easier for us when we go to the phone um, to bring you in. Again, if you came in a little after the fact, if you're wondering where Brother Ravana Noon is, uh, Brother Ravana Noon is in Thailand. He's going to be there for 10 days, uh, taking a little vacation and a trip. He's going to visit some um, some sacred spots out there. He's going to bring back some footage, videos, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, he's in Thailand. He will be should be back on next week's show. I think he's there for 10 days, I believe. Um, so that's where he's at in case you're tuning in wondering, uh, where's brother Ravana noon. He'll be back next week. Um, and, uh, hopefully the next show we'll, we'll plug his brain about some of his experiences out there in Thailand. Um, so that's where he's at. Uh, if you are in the chat room and you want to get on the call, if you go right down to the bottom of the chat, you'll see the call in number, which is 724-444-7444. You'll see the call ID right next to it, which is 134-778-POUND symbol. And then it's going to ask you for a PIN, which is simply the number one and the pound symbol. That's how you can get on the phone. If you are not on the phone and you would like to call in, that's the way to call in. Uh, shout out to our international listeners. I always forget sometimes to acknowledge them. I know I see uh, when I get the stats posted after the show, I see you guys live streaming it. I know you guys can't uh, obviously get on the website. Uh, and get on the phone, but we do appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. All right, so we are going to go ahead and rotate back and forth uh, from from the uh, chat room to the uh, phone. We don't have too many um, too much going on in the chat room. Uh, just basically some comments, nothing. Uh, people just had chimed in earlier on some of the tough we were, stuff we were talking about. Um, Shout out, I think it was my brother Seth Athens, I believe you're in uh, St. Vincent right now. I think you took a trip there. I got your uh, your uh, message through Facebook. Um, we see brother Seth Athens, a.k.a. brother Mike. Um, he's here tonight. All right, let's go to, let's take a few calls. Let's go right to this. Let's, let's bring in, this call just says uh, Southwest Florida. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? Southwest Florida. Anybody there? All right, going once, going twice, going three times. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? All right, that's uh, a different caller. Uh, yeah, actually, this brother typed in. Let's bring him. Bring him in. Let's bring him in. Uh, uh, brother Duma, seven thirty. What's going on, brother? Hey, brother. How's it going today? Everything is good. How's it going with you? I can't complain. Uh, nobody, would, nobody would listen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, I okay. did get a chance to uh, order that uh, esoteric Hollywood book. Okay. Uh, did you, you get know, it? I, yeah, I have that. I just got it today. So nice. I think that ties into everything that uh, you've been talking about today a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and keep that book handy because we're going to start doing a series of shows 
on a lot of movies that are in that book. So keep that book handy. Um, yeah, it's a powerful book because it, not only does it break down some of the recent movies, um, I don't know if you had a chance to scan. I know you just got it. I don't know if you looked at the table of contents or, or scanned through it. Yeah. But it, uh, okay, so you see how it goes into a lot of the older movies too and a lot of the classic mm-hmm. movies. So, yeah, powerful shit. Well, I'm glad you got it. Good. Yeah, but, yeah this is uh, definitely a, a good topic because it definitely correlates with the uh, the past and everything mm-hmm. of that nature and, and uh, just uh, starting our growth. Just beginning that is getting over that fear factor and just being able mm-hmm. to jump in head feet first. I right. think that's where a lot of people uh, hesitate at is, you know, just jumping in and, and dealing with your issues because we've right. been conditioned to just put all our issues to the back burner and, and right. to a little vault and not that's deal right. with it. So that's you know, right. it, it, it does uh, put in a little trepidation. And on on the onset, right um, on this path. So I mean, I, I'm enjoying the show, and and um, I'm definitely going uh, really dig into that that book, and I look forward to the uh, you will you guys upcoming third. Yeah, uh, when you do get a chance to watch the movie, um, one thing is also phenomenal: the the, the graphics are really good, the fight scenes, just mm-hmm. just the way the whole movie's put together in general, the soundtrack of the movie, it's it's everything kind of synchronizes in and and just there's so much sorcery and magic in there, again from the character of the villain. Um to, to the whole set. Just pay attention to all that because the thing that's unique about these movies, I always I, I look at the credits, like Guy Ritchie, if you're familiar with some of Guy Ritchie's work. Yeah. Look at okay. So you know who Guy Ritchie is. Um, mm-hmm. These pe- people, see, the guy, ask yourself the question: Where do people get these concepts from? You know, where they're not just randomly just popping up with it out of the blue. Obviously, these people are into something and study something because they can't just make this shit up. Exactly. You understand? Yeah. Right. So, so, so really, like I said, the movie was really well put together. Um, if you got. You know, I don't, I don't know if um, like again, like I said, everybody's gonna have their own interpretation on it, so I'm not gonna sit there and try to just pass along mine. But right, <laughs> pay pay attention to the imagery. Uh, like they show the sword up close a couple of times, really up mm-hmm. close, and look at the glyphs on the sword. Okay, all right. And there's actually a connection to Egypt in there too, but you got to catch it. Right. You know, they always got to throw the token brother in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So they got they got the token brother in there, but there's more of a powerful representation. He's not really a token. Mm-hmm. Um, so pay attention to all that stuff because it has a lot of symbolism in it, a lot, a lot of symbols. And like I say, it blew me away. I mean, I can't put it any other way. It blew me away because I was able to correlate it to so many different things. Uh, and again, you might have some people watch it and not might not get a goddamn thing out of it. Uh, that's right. a whole different story, but most definitely. But it's good that you got that book. Um, like I say, keep it handy because we're getting ready to do some shit out of that book um, and break down a bunch of different information out of there. Mm. Um, so most definitely. But uh, we definitely appreciate. Yeah, any any other questions, brother? Anything else you want to address? Um, no, not really. Uh, 
I just know I got at some point I gotta get down there to uh, one of you guys. Uh, you guys, Richard was down there, man. And just, Where uh, you located? Where, I'm in where you uh, at? actually in uh, the Washington D.C. area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like what we're doing now is so we do get people that travel from out of state, and so we're not doing it every month. We're doing mm-hmm. it every other month, so that gives people. Now we do stuff here locally, but. Uh, the bigger events, like we're doing it every other month, so that gives people like two months to prepare that are out of state that want to actually come. Because obviously we know, you know, it's an expense. You got to buy a plane ticket and get lodging and all that. Right. Um, so by doing it every other month, we just figured it'd be better to give people more time to prepare, uh, more so for people out of state. Um. So, you know, hopefully soon down the road, yeah, most definitely, man, if you're able to, uh, you know, get to one. Yeah. Uh, that'd be definitely cool, good. Man. Yeah, kick it with us, man. You know, we have fun with it, and afterwards we kind of, you know, we chill for a little bit. Right. We just get we get something to eat and just vibe for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, you know, hopefully we see you in the near future. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank All right, you we very appreciate much, it. my brother. You got it. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, again, that book that we made, I think it was, I don't know if, uh, if you weren't listening last week, we mentioned the book. It's called Esoteric Hollywood. Um, damn, let me see if I got the book handy. Let me can't remember what his name. Okay, it's Esoteric Hollywood, Sex, Cults, and Symbols, and Films. Uh, and the author's name is Jay Dyer, J-A-Y-D-Y-E-R. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon. I think it's about 10 bucks. It's, it's, it's not expensive at all. Um. If if you're kind of interested in this type of topic, decoding movies and the occult messages in them, this is the book you definitely want to get and read. I definitely would highly recommend this book. Um, I think it's as current as last year, so you're only going to get movies in it pretty much from last year on back. And he he touches on some of the classics, man, even some of the classic horror movies, uh, some of the classic science fiction movies, uh, Star Wars, the old one. He gets into all that stuff. Um, and breaks down the symbolism. So if you, I like it because I'm, I'm a movie person. I like to watch movies. Um, but I look at more, obviously when you're on this path, you look at movies a little differently than you would as just, just pure entertainment. But if this is, if this is a area that interests you and you want to see the occult messages in a lot of these films, it'll even make you go back and watch some of the older films that you saw years ago. You're going to go back and watch a lot of them, you know, and, and, and look at it differently because you may not, you may not, you may not, uh, you know, view it the same way you did the first time around. So definitely, definitely get a chance to pick that book up by Jay Dyer. Excellent book. All right. Uh, so let's go to the chat. A couple of comments by uh, Brother Seth Afna. Um, all right. So he types in, the good thing about this path is that it is never boring. That's for sure. It never is. There is always work to be done in some way. For me, I would work with certain archetype energies. Sometimes I see the need to work on self, and I will do that, which for me is the most difficult. Or sometimes I may choose to study in some form or another to gain more insight into what I need to do. For me, I find my greatest satisfaction comes in the use of thought to help inspire others to do something for self. And that's that's good. That's an excellent point. Um so that's a comment there from Brother Seth Athena, and he kind of touched on certain aspects of this path. Um, and that's true. So a lot, a lot of the comments that he just made, um, 
I definitely can validate that from personal experience. Um, so, yeah, it definitely is never boring. That's one thing I definitely, his first statement is dead on. It's never boring. Now, you know, I always say never a dull moment. Well, never a dull moment on this path, man. And the reason why, and it's a good thing, is because you don't get complacent. See, when you're doing something redundant and repetitive over and over, you get complacent. You know what I mean? It becomes boring. It becomes routine. And unfortunately, sometimes that routine, it can stunt your growth. And you don't want that. So never a dull moment, never boring. All right, let's go back to the phones. We're going to take a few more calls. Uh, next caller says, Darth Chaos 66. You're on the call. Anybody there? Uh, anybody there? Darth Chaos 66. You are on the call. Can you hear me? Yeah, peace, guy. What's up? Hey, what's going on? We got you. There you go. I can hear you. What's going on, brother? Hey, shit, bro. I'm a new listener and shit. But I'm okay. Just, I'm just listening. Yeah, I'm just listening to Benidi, man. Keep doing your thing, bro. All right. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for tuning in, brother. All right. You're welcome, brother. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's cool. We got some, we got a new listener tuning in. All right. Um, let's see. We go. All right. This caller just says all it says is Florida. So if anybody there from Florida, hold on. There you go. Anybody there from Florida? You're on the call. Can you hear me? Anybody there from Florida? Florida. <laughs> Don't we stop fucking around? Florida. Right, nobody there from Florida they don't want to talk. Making you're making Florida look bad right now. I, I know, I know let's see if, uh, I don't know this person gotta be there. Let's see if she in a cranky ass mood. Smiley with the locks, can you hear me? Smiley with the locks, you sleeping? Yeah, no, I'm not. I had to unmute my phone. Oh, uh, see? You ain't you ain't follow instruction and shit. Um, you know, I'm not by my phone. I'm on my Bluetooth. So my apologies. Uh, my apologies. What you got? What you got? got? Talk to us. Break it down. Well, like the brother, man, I haven't seen the movie. My brother been telling me, Jason has been telling me I need to see it. Um, Well, actually, actually, you're the one. Just so people know, you're the one that actually, you and your brother, are actually the ones that uh, brought it to my tent. It was actually your brother, Jason, that pointed it out first. Um, when he first saw it, and, uh, you know, that's kind of, and then when I saw him after he saw it, he had mentioned it to me, and then you mentioned it, uh, but anyway, that's kind of what sparked it, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no no worries, um, but uh, I can't wait to see the movie. I mean, if, if the way you describe the movie, it describes how we should be, um, we all should be, we all should be a looking at our challenges in our lives as something that's not there to, per se, uh-huh. to um, bring us to a downfall, is there to correct areas in our lives that need to be corrected. And um, uh-huh. and you're right. Uh, we create our own chaos. Um uh-huh. Whether it's in a good way or rather it is in a bad way. Uh, And we have to accept that responsibility. Uh, Because when you said that, too, that reminded me of the the little lady that hit my car. She hit my precious little car. And Uh. she she was putting all the blame 
on everything outside of her. Right. She wasn't taking any ownership at all as right. to why she hit my car. It was uh, everything. Jesus had put on her too goddamn much, in essence, is what she was telling me. Because she was like, Jesus can't put, <laughs> what she said, Jesus want to put more on, put more on you than you can bear. Oh, sure. And okay. apparently she wasn't bearing too well, right? So, exactly. but, you know, I wasn't trying to have a conversation with her, but I told her, I said, that's the problem. Um, everyone is always placing blame on things outside of themselves, uh, especially the bad things. I said, but good, bad, and different is always you and your responsibility and your thinking. Jesus ain't had nothing to do with this. Don't blame it on no. that man, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah, but she was kind of scared too because she had to start calling on baby Jesus because she saw it. But you know my jewelry well. She had she saw my wear, so she got scared. Yeah. But baby um, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. You know, uh, uh, people do. I see it. Um, uh, want to walk this path, and it's all about the quick fix. They think magic is such a quick fix. But your magic is only as good as you. Um, That's right. I can vouch for that. Um, it's only as good as you. And for me, um, I've always felt that way. And I, I, I naturally came about it that way. I didn't do it uh-huh. purposely. Is that right. I did do inventory of self. I did really work on self before I even started. You can call myself doing anything that is considered magical. Uh, And you're right. You have to be grounded, and you have to be rooted um, to do this. Because if not, I see how we can take people and um, just twist them uh, into something they're not. Right. And that's what we do, right? That's what we do. We do. We live to be something for someone else and not for ourselves. That's right. And that's a problem. But you know what, too? Um, not to be long-winded tonight. No, 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 man, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah, there's some energy going around. Because, baby, when I tell you when I get off this, cell phone. Okay, anyways, I digress. Um, if we stop looking at all of this, just to correlate to what you was talking about with the movie, if mm-hmm. we can stop looking at all of these police killings, all of these horrible things that's going on, what if we say, what if this is the ancestor saying, y'all can go through some shit, because I need y'all to get y'all shit together, because y'all take too long to get y'all shit together. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Other than like, woe is me, right. woe is me, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they're killing, they're killing another black man, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, like, you know, well, here's the thing. Like like we've talked about before, in the past, people act like this police brutality is some new shit. You understand? And it's not. It's just, again, with all, with all these cell phones and social media, now you're getting it uploaded in real time. This is nothing fucking new. But now they've just found a way to, you know, make it public. Every time something happened now, Somebody's uploaded it to YouTube or, or whatever, Facebook, and this is done intentionally. This is done for a specific reason. This is not coincidental. 
So like you say, like you say, we're seeing all these horrible, quote unquote, horrible things, you know, going on. But my question is this: somebody playing tricks because, I, as I said before, I don't see Al Sharpton protesting when it's black on black crime. You know, he should be in these neighborhoods where these young boys are killing each other over crack, where these gangs. Right. You know, he, 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 how come he's not protesting these gangs? He's on serious XM. He's on serious XM. He's on somebody's TV, I believe. So that's what's pushing his um, agenda, and that's what he's all about. You know, no, there's no, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no money in black on black crime, but there's tons of publicity and money in black on white. Well, I'm sorry, white on black. Any any racial crime, there's there's money in that. And what I'm saying is, I don't see no passion and fire. You know, black-on-black black crime is a worse disease that's plaguing the melanated community. I don't see nobody protesting that shit. But everybody's talking about we need to come together and unify, but I don't see any unification in that area. But, man, God forbid a fucking cop shoots away. And I told you, all do, do the research. More white folks get shot by police every year than black folks. Do the research. Don't believe. Go do that research on your own. You think it's reversed because the only shootings they public, give public you know, publicity to and media coverage is when a white cop shoots a black person, and that's done intentionally. Cops kill people, fucking period. So we've got to get out of that, that, that mindset. And we're not even talking about Latinos. They're, they're abused just as much as black folks is abused by police. And I've seen this shit growing up, trust me, when I tell you. So, yeah, anyway. I hear you. Not to get long-winded with it, but yeah, that's what's going on. But yeah, anything else you want to add? Um, no. It's just that people just, you know, I don't want anyone to get discouraged if if they feel as if, um, you know, that this path is not for them. Um, I think it's the best the best path I have taken in my life. Uh. And I, I, I'm, I'm now at that stage where I guess I'm experiencing um, family kickback uh, to it, but that's mm-hmm. fine because that's right. never bothered me at all. I've always been, even in my family, I'm on the fringe, I'm on the outside, um, so that's right. fine. You know, right. I don't need. I'm not saying I don't need. That doesn't give me life per se to be liked right. by anybody. Right. Okay, um, but for people to not do get or be discouraged to just continue to learn and grow. And you're right. If, if something is not resonating with you, um, try something else. Put it down and come back to it. Maybe maybe, maybe it's just not the time. Maybe uh, your, your state of mind is not focused on it correctly. You know, there could right. be a lot of possibilities, but you shouldn't mm-hmm. just kick it to the curb. Um, mm-hmm. And and be so dismissive of it because it's not your microwave readily available magical working, you know. Right. So um, right. true indeed. Yeah. True indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we appreciate it. All right. All right. Let's tune in, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Later. Peace. All right. Then one one, one uh, just just one. I just want to touch on uh, one point that she had mentioned, uh, kickback from family, friends, people. Um, you know, when you when you practice a system that people don't understand, 
you know, fear of the unknown creates ignorance. So people tend to get ignorant about things that they fear or don't know about. Um, and the best way to combat that is not, not to be confrontational and debate. Because, yes, when you're on this path, you have the information and knowledge to literally smash people to smithereens. Trust me when I tell you. I mean, you could get to the very fabric and core of an individual's existence and break it down and, you know, pretty much leave them in tears if you wanted to. But that's not, that's not the purpose. The best way to combat that opposition is by your example. Let me give you an example. People ask, well, right, look, I, I make no qualms what it is I am. I, I, hey, I'm a sorcerer. I practice witchcraft, black magic, added to the black arts. I, I make no qualms about it, and I couldn't give a fuck what anybody thinks. But bottom line is this. How you combat that confrontational person or that ignorant person, whether it's family or friends, or they just out of fear and ignorance of not knowing, that's how they react, by your example, it's how you put all that shit to rest. What do I mean by that? All right, if you practice a particular spiritual system that maybe somebody you know, might be a little bit spooked out about, afraid, or don't understand, if they see your example, they say, well, that person's a good person. They take care of their family. They're successful, et cetera. They may not, quote, unquote, agree with your spiritual choice because they don't understand it for whatever reason, but they see that your character, your personality, how you carry yourself, and the success that you have in those areas and on all those levels, being a, whether if you're a family person or not a family man or woman, you have a family, um, whatever it is you do, they just see, man, this is a good person. They're successful. They see, you know, progress and results. They may not agree with, quote, unquote, your spiritual choice, but they're going to have to respect you because they see the example that you're setting. And they can't debate or refute that regardless because then it doesn't become about what they like or don't like, okay? That's not what it's about. Um, so that's how you combat that. And, you know, I recommend, I get a lot of this with new people that come on the path, especially younger people, you know, that some of their parents have a hard time with it because they might come from more older older school, traditional schools of thoughts and, and religious philosophies or whatever have you be it. So it's it's hard for them to kind of relate to it. So I tell you, don't it's not don't get confrontational, especially if you're a younger person and you're still living at home with your with your family. The worst thing you can do uh, is get confrontational because obviously if you live under your mother and father's roof, you got to respect their house whether you like it or not. So conduct yourself accordingly um, and know how to behave and, and and know how to carry yourself if you're in that boat because that is a and I'm glad uh, you know Smiley brought that up. Uh, Sister Sonia brought that up because that is an issue that becomes uh, sometimes a, a blockage on this path, more so for newer people that come in. I've seen that a lot with younger people uh, that come in again. Um, and let me give an example, especially if, you know, I, I, I mean, I remember a couple of years back I had a, had a dude who was trying to, like, convert his grandmother. I mean, it's like, stop, really? I mean, I don't care if she's bona fide, sanctified Christian. Don't, don't. Don't let that woman go to her grave in that state of mind because it's not for her this time. It's not. It's just her time has passed. Let her, you know, whatever she's conceptualized in her mind, let her take that to the grave. You're making it worse by trying to smash her up and try to correct everything 
that she knows because you've got to take into consideration that person's at a point in their life. Their time has passed. So in essence, by you trying to destroy the very fabric of that, are you really helping or are you hurting? Think about it for a minute. It's pointless. So I bring that up. If you are in that boat, you know, handle yourself accordingly, conduct yourself accordingly. Um, it's not about that. Okay, let's see. I think we're going to just take. Ah, oh, see, we got um, we got a Texas tree hug on here. We're about to close out with her in a minute. I see you. Um, yeah, it's about that time. I, I don't want. I don't want to stay on here too long because we got some stuff I need to do. So we're at the top of the hour. I think we're going to take one last call. Let's let's see if we can bring her in real quick. Keep this brief, and I'll uh, wrap this puppy up. Texas tree hug. Can you hear me? Greetings, Father Benini. How are you doing? Great. Greetings, greetings. We're doing good. All right, we're, we're going to wrap it up with you. Yeah, no. You, you know, you just said something that's really, uh, I had something else to say, but I just wanted to make mention, you know, being an example is really, really important. And I had someone that, um, I mean, it just blew me away. I just wanted to say, you know, being an example is very important because you have so many people that are watching you, especially right. if you're making changes in your life, and you don't even know they're watching you. That's correct. Some people that you don't know. And um, just about two weeks ago, I was blown away by a random email. On that, It was a text message, actually, from somebody mm-hmm. that I know. And they were basically right. saying that they made a life-changing decision, and they made a life-changing decision based on me. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and, and, and so that was really, I mean, that was really humbling for me. Right. Because sometimes it's very difficult when you're making a, a change in your life and, and sticking to your, your standing on your square and standing firm and what you right. stand for. It's difficult at times. And sometimes you'd like to, you know, it's a lonely road when you do that. That's correct. So you, you, you just said mm-hmm. something. I want to back up. You just said something sure. that was important. By when you're setting your example, like you say, you really don't know who's watching. And that's important because that's, that has a lot to do with everything. And what I mean by that is if you claim to be on this path, and you could be a person that's getting great results. Say you are, but you could be a jackass and a, and a pompous person, but you're getting results. Now, that works, that works two ways. That's a double-edged sword. What good is that if you're rubbing people the wrong way and you're trying to jam it down their throats or maybe you're not conducting yourself professionally, et cetera, um, so you're really doing more more hurt than, than, than help. So that's something key. I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Because like you say, just you really don't, you never really know who's watching. And you could be having a good or a bad effect on them. Like you say, somebody could be watching and right. you don't really realize the impact you're having on them in a good way. But it could also, you know, be on the flip side too. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, that was, that's really, I'm glad that you expanded upon that. Uh, you were talking earlier about, you know, just people touting this and touting that, you know, history and, and you know, in the past and, and basically living here in the present. And, and what I say, you know, I just say I am, I say I am, but I am. I am who I am. I, I'm right. here today. I'm, yes, my ancestors forged the way for me to be here today, and, and they are a part of my DNA. So I realize that I have to make some sort of an impact this moment, right. henceforth and moving forward. Um, you know, I never really, me personally, I never kind of paid attention to history uh, before because, unfortunately, and fortunately, it both ways we talk about, but I didn't see myself in history, so to speak. So right. I just never right. paid attention to it. Now that I'm learning, I'm embracing, and I see 
the errors in, in what was purported, yes, I've embraced it. Um, and mm-hmm. that gives me a sense of comfort. Right. But it doesn't cause me to say, oh, I need to rely and lean back on that. On That, uh, that, right. that to me, this just doesn't make any sense. And when we say, uh, you know, today, you know, all we have, and, I, and this is my premise, and we, we, we only have this moment. That's right. This is all we have. You know, we can live in the past. We, we, and even for those people that, you know, had made whatever, whatever you call a mistake or whatever you call something that you don't feel good about that you did in the past, you need to stop looking in the rearview mirror and just that's so small because the windshield is so big in, in a car. You just need to keep moving forward and, right. and, not, and not worry about what happened in the past because that's gone. You're not going to be able to do anything about it. And and you're right now here in the future, and right now here in the present, creating the future. So, That's right. And, and I'm glad I, you bring it up, looking in the mm-hmm. looking in the back mirror, because see, the reason why I was so so against all that shit in this day and time, because I'm telling you, I used to be that person years ago. And the mm-hmm. problem with that is, is not only does it create crutches and excuses, you know, for people to lean on, because you know they get like you said, they get stuck in the past with all this historical shit, you know, the slave post-traumatic, post-traumatic slave syndrome and all. Look, anybody that, look, you can't suffer from post-traumatic slave syndrome unless you are actually a physical slave. Just like somebody can't have post-traumatic war syndrome unless they were not physically in a war. So we've adopted these philosophies that create more excuses for us. So now we got more crutches to lean on. See, again, it ties back in why, why, what you're saying, that whole pattern and way of thinking goes back to what I was saying earlier. It just, we can give, everybody can give us a million reasons or a million uh, uh, different uh, answers to what the problem is. Everybody knows what the problem is, right? The problem is we focus too much on what the problem is and we don't focus enough on the solutions. The difference with this path is it gives you avenues of solution. And what that solution is, is quite simple. See, most melanated people think that this is a mission about saving black people. And if you go out with that mentality, you're going to get highly disappointed. You're going to, you're going to get, man, I can't even describe to you how disappointed you will get at some point in your journey because it's never going to happen. Okay? It will never happen. So get that, get that in your mind. People have been talking that unity shift. They're talking it now as we speak. And ask yourself, if we're constantly talking about it and it's not happening, what is the problem? Well, here's the problem. One, first and foremost, the people talking it ain't right. You understand? You can't be a solution to a problem when you're jacked the fuck up yourself. That's number one. Number two, this path, the key on this path is real simple. It gives you the ability to control yourself and your immediate surroundings. Yes. You can't control anything outside of that. So when you start there, what tends to happen is then things outside of that tend to fall into place where you need them to be. So this path doesn't give you a false illusion that you can control everything in the world. No, but see, that's what other paths do. They think, oh, I'm going to go out there and save the world. No. First, control yourself and your immediate surroundings and environments. Once you master that, nobody can have control over that but you. And if somebody else does, it's because you have allowed them to. And what I mean is by invade your space, your mentality, your way of thinking, um, influence how you can make your money, and what career choice and how you could be successful or not. Nobody can control that but you. And, again, if you've given up that 
power and control to somebody, it's because you've allowed yourself to be put into that situation. So that backwards way of thinking, looking in the mirror, getting stuck in history, it puts you, it gives you that crutch. So, like I say, I really couldn't care if it rubs people the wrong way. I care not to hear about that shit anymore because it's fucking nauseating. It gets me sick to my stomach, and I just see through the bullshit when people talk. It's just talk. People like to sound heavy. You know, a black man there, the black woman there, we got to get unified, blah, blah. So it all sounds good, you know. You got somebody standing saying, yeah, Kuda Matata and all that fucking bullshit. I'm tired of that shit. I really couldn't care. But anyway, uh, you bring it up, it just it just kind of struck a chord from earlier. Yeah, no, and, and so you, you you just brought, because the, the last point that I wanted to make, and it kind of feeds right into what you were just saying, because you were just talking about the past. So now we're talking about the present. You were talking talk about, um, you know, everything that's going on, and, and it's all really a distraction. And for those right. that are kind of buying into it and buying into it and feeling any kind of fear, I find that, especially on a broadcast like this, to be... I don't know. I guess um, the best word that comes to my mind is like sacrilegious. I mean, that's that's, that's an an abomination to even Mm -hmm. bring that, in my opinion, to this platform when this platform is about, like you just said, self-mastery. I mean, if if you're dealing in the black magical magical Mm -hmm. witchcraft, then Mm -hmm. that does away with all of that because now you're at a point of self-mastery, but none of that has any bearing on you. It's, it's right. all an illusion. You don't even think of it as real, you know, and, right. and, and it's what it's done to be able to gain a hold of the masses. So if anybody's feeling any kind of trepidation by any of this, then I would mm-hmm. just say you need to check yourself um, and go back into yourself to be able to build yourself up and have the mm-hmm. strength and fortitude to be able to overcome that because this is all about self-mastery. It's about and what I'm about well, you know self governance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. And when you know the whole thing with self mastery, one one thing that's important in that equation of self mastery is financial success. And let me back up to some of the things that tie into what we're talking about. Most of the people that might feel or 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 react negative to about it or become combative, you're gonna find out. And I've mentioned this before in the past. Most people that are so bitter and bitching and complaining all the time and always have excuses. You're going to find out 100% of them are piss broke and ain't got a pot to piss in. What cures a lot of that ignorance and a lot of that business and bitching and moaning and griping and complaining is a solid income. Because most of these motherfuckers would not be bitching and complaining about shit if they were making money. I've learned over the years people that are fucking miserable, that always got some gripe, always blaming the white man for this or that, or they can't be successful because somebody's holding them down, Somebody's setting them up, there's haters on. No. I find out it's not a coincidence that just about all of these people are very unsuccessful when it comes to the financial arena. That is not a coincidence. That shows me that what's really the issue at hand is because on a, just a mundane level that there's no success there, that translates over into the mental and into the spiritual. Yeah. So, so now they use the spiritual as an excuse, and they can now validate their failures by whatever spiritual system that they adopt to their personal you know, system or ideology. So now they got a crush. They say, oh, this is why I'm not successful, because I was taught all this racial, black and white history and 
This now, and again, I want to make this clear. I'm not saying there's no racism. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying there was no slavery and the effects of it. What I am saying is we're living in a different day and time where there's ways to work around it. Is it a perfect system? Absolutely not. Does racism still exist? Absolutely. Are there racist as police? Absolutely. But we're not going to let that define us. We're not going to let that dictate how we're going to move and how we're going to be successful because, well, people say, what do you mean? Well, how can we do Because you're looking at it only on the physical level. You think people think by protesting or we're going to take it to the streets with some 38s and some 9 millimeters. These motherfuckers are killers by nature. They got army tanks and, 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 and machine guns and, and all types of shit. You ain't going to win that physical war, not right now on this level. If we approached it from a mental and a spiritual level, first and foremost, as we said before, before any great war, you go back, if you want to be a historian buff, before any great war or great tribulation took place, we always enacted a ritual before we went out to war. I'm bringing that up because if we attack this first from the mental and the spiritual, that trepidation and that fear and that ignorance would all dissipate, and it would instill fear in them. Like I, like I mentioned before, people want to go have a million-man march in D.C., it does absolutely fucking nothing. They just say, hey, get these Negroes one day, let them protest and get their little frustrations out. And then tomorrow they just go back to being Negroes again. I told you if they would get together and do a million man, something spiritual that would scare the fuck out of these white folks, things would start to like a million man drum gathering. Do you know what it would sound like if a, if a, if a gang of people got together and played the drum? You could alter the vibration of the planet. That would scare the fuck out of them. And there would be nothing they can do when you change the vibrational frequency of this planet. It's got to be attacked first from a spiritual perspective. They don't want you to do that. So they create these distractions with these shootings and all this stuff so you can focus on the physical, so you can get angry and get emotional. And the first thing you want to do is be physically reactive and not proactive on a mental and a spiritual level. Nothing's going to change. So people keep asking the question, when are things going to change? <laughs> well, nothing's going to change if we don't approach it, you know, from the correct perspective well, well unless, unless you change unless you change that well, doesn't take unless you change right of course yeah. mm-hmm. and that brings it brings it to another point and we actually discussed this this week in cl- and this past week in class um was people sit here and think like right we can sit here and we're, we're, we're dialoguing right now on, on the show mm-hmm. we talked a lot of information tonight right now people could take this information and utilize it and and change for the better but you can sit there and talk and build with somebody for hours and give them tons of truthful information. And they can just, after you're done giving them all that information, he or she can just go continue to live the fucked up life they're living. And there's nothing you can do about it because of what you just said. That person's got to want to change. So I, I love the people that take credit like, oh, yeah, I, I, I taught that person and I converted them. I mean, you didn't do shit. I said you, you're under the illusion that you converted them. It's not that you converted them. It's just they finally came to the, to the realization and, like you just said, and made the decision, I'm going to start changing. So the person's got to want to change first and foremost before you can give them the information because you can sit there and talk, again, talk to somebody until to you blue in the face. And they, people, look, one thing I've learned from day one, people are going to do what they want to do, period. And you've got to understand that when you deal with people so you, you, and you don't get frustrated when you know that. But you understand? But you, but you said mm-hmm. the key thing. People do what they want to do. That, that, that's, a key, that's a key phrase that you just said. That means that you have the key to do what you want to do. 
That's right. You know, you talk about that financial piece. If if you if you don't have the money, go go manifest it. That's it. I, I mean, you don't have to have a boatload of money to be able to no. do something. You, you just manifest it. And, and you might think I'm crazy to say it. I can just when you have the ability to do some to have a sense of mastery on a certain level for yourself, you get to test it out. You get to create. And you get to manifest. That's what this That's is right. all about. So That's if right. you don't have the money, go manifest it. Go go get it. That's but it. you're going to do what you want to do. So if you're going to do what you want to do, then tell yourself, go do it. Go manifest the money. Go manifest That's whatever. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Because like I said before, people, they can give you a million reasons why they can't but they can't give you one why they can. And that bothers me. And that goes to show that mental slavery is alive and well. Because this thing, uh-huh. this thing, we, we, we sit here and focus on physical slavery back in the day. That ain't nothing compared to the mental slavery that people are suffering from. And it's serious. You understand? It, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, and, you know, there's, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say there's a saying, you know, from from a professional perspective that I've kind of grown up in a professional world saying, uh, and it's like some will, some won't, so what? Next. You know, it's it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's fortunate, you know, because, you know, if if you um, have ever, I'm not, I'm not a lifeguard, my kids did lifeguarding, but one of the things that, um, uh, well, they took lessons, they're not lifeguard, but they, they have to, they would have to put it at the high level of, of um, swimming. They say mm-hmm. that when, when you are in, you know, if you're looking to save someone, you're going to have to knock them out because they'll, they'll drown you trying to save them. So you got to want to be able to knock them out so you can save yourself. You know, when I first heard that, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, how could he do that? But, yes, you're going to have to save yourself. You're going to have to knock somebody else out if, if they Correct. I'm trying to drag you down. So it's that same philosophy, you know, to each of them. That is correct. That is correct. All right. Well, Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Well, we appreciate it. And keep hugging them trees, and uh, we'll yes. talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Peace. All right. Well, last thing I just want to leave people with, and I'll give you contact information. Um, again, man, remember, you, you are the company you keep. So the people you keep around you, that's going to dictate what you're going to shape to become. If you hang out with unsuccessful people, guess what? You're going to be an unsuccessful person. You hang out with derelicts and lowlifes, guess what? You're going to become a derelict or lowlife. So, you know, surround yourself with the right tools, with the right things, with the right people. You understand? Because you are the company you keep. The best, that's the best way I can describe it. Because you're going to fall into that category. That's just the way it is. Um, but real quick, again, if you uh, need to contact me for any aforementioned events, uh, you can contact me at khnum19 at gmail.com. Again, that's knum19 at gmail.com. Um, you can also go onto our Facebook page, Awaken the Universal Minds. Uh, check the page out. You can drop some comments, uh, any suggestions for shows or a topic you would like to see us do. Feel free to drop us a line there or email us. I'm always open to that. Um, you can also go to my uh, YouTube channel, Mother Nubia Inc. On uh, YouTube, there's about I think it's about 170 something videos on there now that I've done. I usually try to put one out a week. Um, 
pretty much all the topics that we talk about here. Um, there's links uh, on the Mother Nubia and Google Plus page that links you right here to the radio show right here on TalkShoe.com. Um, all the shows are archived here, and I also have them archived on the YouTube page. Um, so definitely uh, feel free to check that stuff out. And once we get the dates for the upcoming events in July and August, like again, I'll be doing a class at the end of July uh, in Miami at Sophia's Garden. Um, then in August, we will do our, uh, you know, two-day event again, um, which will more than likely, again, I just throw it out there to give people a generalization. It'll be that third or fourth week in August for sure. Um, I just need to check uh, with, the, with the space that we use to make sure it's available. Um, it'll be available. I just don't know which week. Um, so I'll get that information by the time next week's show goes on air. I'll have some set dates for you. Uh, same thing with the class for July, more than likely third or fourth weekend in July. I'll get the date for that. We'll have the drumming out on the beach uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. I'll get the date and time for that out in North Lauderdale, Pompano Beach, um, which is a fun event. We kind of just kick it, play drums, and, you know, all that good shit. Um, so, again, I'll get dates for that, and then, I'll, you know, we put the flyers together, and then we email the flyers out, and you'll have all that information, uh, date, start time, et cetera. Um, so that's pretty much it. That's, uh, that's all I got for you this weekend. I have no clue what we're going to build on next week. Figure it out when that time comes. Uh, so we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we appreciate uh, all of our listeners, again, internationally. We, we appreciate Everybody, uh, you know, that uh, can't actually get on the call, um, but we do see the uh, live streams, and we do appreciate everybody, um, uh, you know, tuning in. Uh, thank everybody also locally here in the United States for listening. We definitely appreciate that, too. Um, you know, appreciate the support. Tell somebody about the show. Um, just let them know what it's about, though. <laughs> That's the key. Hi, right, so we'll see everybody next week. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Peace.